cows, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And today, we're joined by Leonora Cavoda. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. Where have you been? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, you know, I um, I do work for the American Spectator. I write articles. Um, I'm currently working on a few pieces. I'm working on one uh, about the former French president, Nicolas Sarkozy. He's got some very interesting and controversial things to say about Russia. What, what, is, what can you share? A little well, bit? I have. I mean, I haven't started writing it yet, but basically, he's not uh, towing the popular line that uh, you know Ukraine good, Russia bad. He's kind of going the other way around, and it's causing some controversy. So I'm going to. That's reviewed. where we are on this show. Yeah, that's where we are on the show. Uh, I don't think. I mean, it's look, controversial. Is, Pu- is Putin a? You know, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but is Putin a badass or not? He is. He's yeah. a, he's a, he's a he's a mob boss, right? Yeah. I mean, half these governments are like run by the, like the mob, but I think he cares about his people a million times more than the liberals at Brookings Institute, uh, than the liberals at the Atlantic Council, than the uh, globalists at, at NATO and the NATO aggression and all the evil slimy things that they do with their chemical weapons and sabotage and blowing up oil and hoarding you know, the uh, redistribution of wealth that they hoard on offshore accounts. You know, like I was saying in the last show, there is this thing where, you know, I, I had told people all week long, you know, I was spent the last weekend in the hospital. And, you know, I was talking about these nurses and how they're all from Africa. You were in my hospital room. Of course I was in your hospital room. Was it, un- was it unmistakable? I mean... Every single person was an African uh, from Africa, right? From that that country. But interestingly enough, I also continent. spent some time over the last few weeks in another hospital room in another part of the in country Hawaii. for a family member, and that was not the demographic. It was completely different. Yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, so, so it's interesting. And here in D.C., the hospitals are just. They have this UN program. Well, that's it. It's the UN program because we see it with the Lyft drivers and we see it with a lot of, and then we see it with the universities around here. But, you know, a lot of news has been made of 
uh, Jean-Pierre, uh, what's her name? Kirsten Jean-Pierre. <laughs> what is her name? Her name is Karine Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Or right. as people call her in D.C. in the Beltway, they call her KJP. Yeah. And in any case, so she said... What we've done on the border is unprecedented. Yeah, unprecedentedly bad. Yeah, bad, Uh, bad. But, you know, it's like, wall. let me give you two words, walls and wheels. They still work, right? A wall works. A wheel works, right? That's it. Boom, done. And they want to do all this smart power, smart this, smart that. You know, I remember when they were pushing that pre-Trump, like in 2015, we're, we're, walls don't work. It's like everywhere that there's been a wall, it worked, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, I played a clip uh, on the previous show of uh, Orban uh, uh, from Hungary. Viktor Orban. Viktor Orban. And he said the only way out of the Ukrainian war is to get Trump back in office. He said Trump would end it. Yeah. He said this never would happen if Trump was president. And it's so clear that Trump's foreign policy. He said, you know, I understand why people hate him. I understand, you know, all these different things, you know, because he's, you know, people don't like his personality. He's too confident or, or too great, you know, or, or too much a winner or, or whatever it is. He doesn't sweat the small stuff. He's able to let, you know, he's able to give a rally on like pretty much the same day of an indictment when most people would curl up in a fetal position and cower, Trump never he's never done that. I, I don't even know where he gets his inner strength, frankly. But never surrender. But, That's Trump. But Orban, a very strong one of probably Hungary's best leaders that's ever happened, and and he has come out and said that Trump's foreign policy, whether you look at North Korea, whether you look at getting out of the Paris Agreement, whether you look at the Abraham Accords. And, uh, you know, what he did in the Middle East or or for that matter with Kosovo and Serbia. I mean, you know, uh, defeating ISIS, taking out Soleimani. I mean, think about the new relations we have we had under Trump with OPEC and with Saudi Arabia. Energy independence, uh, border wall, mm-hmm. a stronger military, a, a oil reserve that was tipped tip to the top uh, with barrels of oil that cost him a fraction of the price like $25 or $22 a barrel. And now, you know, uh, Biden played some fast tricks, got rid of our oil reserve, and then had to fill it back up with expensive oil. How dumb. This guy couldn't run a uh, dollar store, this guy, Biden. And yet he's in charge of the free world and setting forth a new world order and a new world order that's going to eventually catch up with America when the dollar no longer becomes the standard. And that's what in, that's what BRICS is working on right now. That's why they had their summit recently, is because you got Brazil and Russia and India and China and South Africa. And believe me, the only reason why South Africa is there is because Africa in general, access to Africa's precious minerals and soils that haven't been, you know, uh, destroyed by excessive agricultural uh, development. Um, but the other aspect, and we're, we are going to be covering today the New World Order and globalism, but we're also going to be covering uh, where globalism is raising its uh, ugly head again, 
and that is with these mask mandates and the you know and a new vaccine that they're going to want you to take and everywhere especially among black voters everywhere you turn on social media black liberals are becoming trump supporters because they see trump as the blackest president of all time it certainly isn't barack hussein obama and his his uh, male bride uh, michael obama I mean, things are coming out about Barack Hussein, about his homosexuality, that's shining new light on this murder that happened right off of his Martha's Vineyard uh, coastline, uh, where the guy is paddleboarding naked in the middle of the night and winds up dead. They lied about Secret Service. They lied about tape. They even lied that they were there. So... The Obamas, you know, can't hide what has happened. When you have a murder, it's hard to put that to sleep. They were successful with Seth Rich's murder, if you recall. In the lead-up to the DNC, there was so much shenanigans, and and uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was the spearhead of that. Remember Imran Awan? Remember that guy? We have forgotten more than we know about all the stuff related to the Crossfire Hurricane. I had a liberal liberal, liberal family member of sorts and sends me, me a message and says something to the effect uh, that the whole, the whole laptop thing or the, the whole uh, uh, Russian hoax or the CIA uh, spreading disinformation or the FBI, he says, well, all the main news sources uh, debunked that. Oh, it was about the um, quid pro quo drill when he right. when he basically had the call with Poroshenko. This is what this was right, about. Right, right. He had the call. So it's not just reporting. It's in his own words that they fired Shokin for no reason. Poroshenko said that on tape. And now we learned from George, Greg Kelly that in, a, in about mid-September to mid-October, there's going to be new tape that's going to be making its way out there that's going to possibly impeach Biden. For sure. That's what he's saying. But when you take a look at all these cover-ups and stuff and going back to the DNC and all their shenanigans. So I had this exchange and I said, well, what about this quid pro quo Joe and this tape of him, him talking to Poroshenko during President-elect Trump's tenure? And also before that, back when the bribe was made, and I think it was 2015, that enriched the Biden crime family through Burisma. And the payments for, you know, security. And the only way they were able to get muscle is through your pocketbook, the taxpayer. And so all of that is a crime. That is classic RICO. When you have a conspiracy on the magnitude of what we have in Washington, D.C. right now and the cover up. Meanwhile, who's left to stop it in the. In the situation that we're dealing with now, which we have a rogue state, we have um, imposters, we have people that rigged an election, took control of the guns, the military and the police and the investigators and the Justice Department and the IRS. And they've opened the borders and flooded everybody in, never minding the fact that they could be carrying that new COVID back, a virus. Yeah. Never minding yeah. that. Yeah. They don't care about that. They want you 
the taxpayer citizen to basically strap a mask across your face, not talk to thy neighbor, and send out mail-in ballots uh, to be dropped off at ballot boxes all over the place 30 days prior to an election so that when they get counted, after election night results are in, they'll just take however many skids of ballots they need and change the difference and win the battleground states. The problem for the Biden crime family and the problem with the Democrat Party right now is that they're so, they've disrespected themselves so much and that they are so behind that even the polls can't hide it anymore. And now you got a poll that says Trump's 47 to Biden's 43. And then there was another poll that indicated that two polls said basically the same thing. So when you have polls with that kind of disparity, you're going to have a real difficult challenge of rigging the election because no way could the polls be so wrong. So that's why the polls are important. But it's important to get polls that show common sense. And the common sense is 81 million people didn't vote for Joe Biden. Can you agree with me, Leonor? I can definitely agree with you on that. That's fraud. A That's man a, that needs to be led away by the Easter Bunny, he did not get 80 million votes. Right. So here we are. They're pushing this COVID. They're pushing CBDCs. They're stop, not stop, nonstop relentlessness. And like I said, just like those nurses are replacing traditional white American nurses that went to nursing school and learned a lot about medicine Now it's highly trained. All you got to do is be a mechanic to pull a needle out of your arm or draw blood or, you know, change your diaper or uh, help you walk on a walk. It's not a big skill set, but they can't look and size you up. Just like the guy on the tarmac can fill the air in the tires, but it would be nice to also get a guy on the tarmac that can actually change the hydraulic fuel, fuel oil or or, uh, fuel up the tank or... Uh, change the air in the tire, it would be nice that they could also assess the plane's health from the outside and have more eyes on deck, more eyes on deck to keep us safe. That's probably a bad example because air traffic has been very safe for the last 20 years at least, right? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. But um, in any case, uh, what we have with globalism is, you know, this explains Jeffrey Epstein's role in globalism. And it's not just Jeffrey Epstein, although Jeffrey Epstein was a huge component for Compromat. But basically, uh, the World Economic Forum was working since the beginning, uh, since 71, in infiltrating cabinets. Klaus Schwab said as much. We've infiltrated the cabinets. And the only way that you uh, you would ever endorse, finance, and get elected a, pow- uh, a person into powerful places like Justin Trudeau or Joe Biden or all these other globalists, whether it's Emmanuel Macron or uh, Ruta uh, up in the Netherlands or Jacinda Ardern down in New Zealand. She's gone now, but someone like her. And what you have to understand is that they're pushing this globalist agenda. And if they don't, dirt's going to come out on them that's going to get them impeached. So they have to do everything Klaus Schwab says to do and Klaus Schwab then has the power that almost is, is the power that he has is almost as equal 
to the financial power of BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And so therefore, those two uh, powerhouses, whether it be the monopoly of government or whether it be the monopoly of corporations like BlackRock that own 88% of all the major multinational corporations on the planet. Those are called super corporate, uh, global corporate partnerships, but they're also super global monopolies that make the Rockefellers and the need for antitrust laws like the Sherman Act uh, pale in comparison to the kind of monopolies we have that are empowering and enriching unelected officials unelected elites to dictate what you put in your arm, what you wear on your face and your money. And they're actually, we have audio today that we're going to share where they're actually attacking your own personal garden. You plant a garden, an herbal garden with tomatoes and and cucumbers and and cabbage and uh, basil and rosemary and all these different things in a garden, corn. Whatever you want. And guess what's going to happen? What ends up happening is they're attacking your food supply as well. And there is something to be said. There's a lot of serious-minded people that are talking about chemtrails as a way to actually poison the gardens and make them so they're not fruitful. They're not as fruitful, I I meant to say. So here we are. It's... This is a parody. It's uh, for the greater good. It's for your own safety. It's for your convenience. I mean, they've basically used they've basically used um, that whole notion of crying fire in a the theater as you know not free speech because it endangers the lives of people that could get trampled in a stampede out of the theater, right? Yeah. So you got that. So they're using that principle to say, you don't have a right to not obey our order because you're putting other people at risk. The only problem with that is that they lied through their teeth and none of that was true. They said over and over again that once you take the vaccine, if you get hit with the virus, it'll stop and you can't then carry that virus onto... Rachel Maddow was face, uh, famous for that. And so was Walensky over at CDC, and so was Joe Biden. All t- making these empty promises that were completely and utterly false. The only thing that was true was that vitamin D, zinc, and, and uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were more effective than uh, uh, ramiridin, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, so they all lie and they all keep their post. They all have their microphone. They all have their powerful positions in office. Not one head is turned, rolled. Not one person's been fired. And meanwhile, we also have teachers that are indoctrinating our children. This is all a huge play against taxpaying Americans. Taxpaying, no, middle class taxpayers around the world. It's happening in the UK. They're trying to push this in France, but Leonora, you were just in Paris for quite a while yeah. in, in June. Yep. Um, did you see any wokeness there? 
You know, and I wrote about this recently. I didn't see any evidence of wokeness. The only thing that I saw was, as we've discussed on the show before, because we were there during uh, Gay Pride Month, we saw a little bit of the gay pride signage. Well, they have and, one gay neighborhood. And one, the one gay in, in Le Marais, which is a kind of a hip neighborhood. And I didn't see one same-sex couple holding hands No, on no the which I thought was interesting because like we, we had the same comment when we were in Hollywood, Florida. We were kind of like, okay, where are the people with the, you know, with the, the tattoos and the weird colored hair and the, uh, you know, the transgenderism? I would say also when we were out in Hollywood, California. We didn't see as much as you would have thought. Right. Yeah, I mean, I saw more conservatives out there than I ever dreamt. Well, and there and there and there is an underbelly of conservatism. But to to go back to your question about France, uh, you know, again, and I've written about this. This is viewed as an American phenomenon. This wokeness that has that has infiltrated the European universities. And while there are takers in Europe, there are people who are willing to embrace it. I think the, the the broader country is not so happy about it. No, because see, they are a truly socialist country. And they have a construct or a contract with the government, which basically says, if we're all paying taxes, we all get traded equally, not equitably. Okay? So equity is discriminatory. Yeah. And equality is not. So, you know, they have a contract that says, you can't take all of our tax dollars and give it to one specific political group. Right. That benefits you. Who is holding the power? Whether right. that's Macron or, or uh, you know, any other leader that's been and Macron Hulland, is being, and, you know, there and, was Hulland, there was Jacques Chirac, there was a whole bunch. Yeah, of, and Sarkozy. M- m- yeah. Uh, Macron is being forced further to the right, and that's why you're seeing the rise of more conservative politicians in other countries because you know people are getting fed up. Absolutely. So we're going to listen to some audio clips. Uh, this one's kind of inter- entertaining. It's it's a little. It could have been a little bit better, but uh, I found it to be I found it to be somewhat. Are you humorous. trying to say it's too low brow? No, it's just <laughs> you know the more I listen to it, I'm like it was funny the first time I heard it, um, but I'm going to play it for you all. Well, hopefully so. it'll be the first time for everybody listening. <laughs> yeah, this is a parody. It's for the greater good. It's for your own safety. It's for your convenience. We're just here to help. You know those seven most dangerous words that Reagan said on the, I think it was the Tonight Show. He said. Uh, I'm hi. My name. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Those are the most dangerous <laughs> words. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. We we need you to close your business just for a short time. It's for the greater good. We need you to stay home just a little bit longer than two weeks. It's it's for the greater good. We need you to wear this on your face. It's it's for the greater good. We need you to wear two of these on your face. It's for the greater good. We need you to inject this into your body. It's for the greater good. We need you to spend the holidays alone. It's for the greater good. You must inject this into your body if you want to feed your family. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop eating that. It's not good for the environment. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop driving your car and flying. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop heating your home so often. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop saying that. It's hurting some people's feelings. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop having children. It's not good for the planet. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop talking about your faith. 
It's offending people. This is for the greater good. We need to separate you from your children because you're not complying. This is for the greater good. We need to hold you in a facility for a little while for not cooperating. This is for the greater good. 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 <laughs> I guess listening to that over and over again could get annoying, but I think, but I think the salient it's the things I do to deliver a show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but but I think the salient point here is, is this is a slippery slope. And you know, you going back to your hospital example, uh, you know, as I said, we were discussing before, we spent a little bit of time recently in hospitals between your your stay and a My family member, family member of mine. And the first thing I noticed with you, your stay was the minute we got into the hospital, we were handed masks. And that was a little bizarre to me because when I had been in this other hospital in on Hawaii. another coast, on another coast, uh, nobody, I, I saw a little bit of signage and I saw a few people, but it wasn't mandated. And suddenly we were seeing people wearing it in the hospital that you were in. And But then after a while, I noticed, wait a minute, the nurses aren't even, I mean, some of the medical <laughs> staff were, but some weren't. And I said, what are they, what is going on here? They've got a little bit, There, there is a little bit of a messaging happening where people are starting to try to say okay we're back to the masks but when the actual staff in the hospital isn't wearing it i don't think the the uh, people that are uh visiting need to wear we it we have to change our culture we uh, and you know the beautiful thing about all these different states and hawaii tre- be- beating to its own drum is that's what we like about the world like when we go to europe we don't really want to go to mcdonald's or western sizzler yeah, we want to go to a French bistro. We right, want to get experience different cultures, and yeah. the states have their own cultures and their own rules. Yeah, and um, the thing is, is that with medicine in like France, and I've I've never been to the hospital in France, but I, I well I've been to I, a doctor's okay. visit, but a, a long time ago, right? Oh yeah, twenty yeah. years ago, I spra- I sprained my foot, so I yeah. was medically treated. All right, but here's the thing: I was watching these YouTubes. Uh, on getting around Paris before we went to Paris. And one of the things that uh, they talked about was the cultural differences between America and France. And one of the things was, they said, when you walk into a doctor's office, they're not wearing a white lab coat most of the time, is what they said on the video. I haven't seen this firsthand because I've never experienced it. But uh, this is what people were saying, is that the doctor... It's just real casual. Yeah. Just talks to you like a human being. Doesn't wear a lab coat. Doesn't put you in one seat and they sit in another like like a psychotherapist. You know, it's sort of like uh, equal. Everything's sort of equal. You know what I mean? Like he's no better than you. You're no, they, you have this honest discussion about your health. Well, and, it should be And they're that not way. dressing up the part. It's a costume that sort of says, I'm the boss in the room. I'm the doctor and, you know, naturally you want to listen to the doctor, of course. Um, they're trained and they're scientists and they're here to help uh, you with an ailment that you may know nothing about. But still, I like those cultural differences and I'm not really in love with a lot of the, you know, well, I, I dis- have great disdain for the liberal agenda, the woke politics, the equity and the discrimination, the reverse discrimination, if you want to call it that. Uh, reverse discrimination and discrimination or discrimination, right? Yeah. There's no really. It's almost like my my least favorite word in the in the in the in the urban dictionary is ir- 
uh, irregardless. Irregardless, which is not yeah. a word, but it. But it, once it started being used so much, it got placed in the dictionary and then they would write next to it non-standard because right. you know if you misuse a word often enough and enough people do it it suddenly becomes a word right new polling from mclaughlin has trump defeating biden nationally and dominating in battleground states so trump is 47 percent to biden's 43 percent okay that's big yeah and that's a four-point spread now and this after Oh, by the way, what's significant about this? This poll was taken after the Georgia indictment. Right. See, okay? th- so the more Trump gets indicted, the more popular he becomes. Key battleground states. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to love this one. In the key battleground states, Trump, according to his McLaughlin poll, Trump's 49 and Biden's 41. <laughs> and I think that's only good. Once, once Com- uh, Jamie Comer just in, uh, subpoenaed a whole bunch of uh, new witnesses for the oversight committee. Uh, once Biden, the truth about Biden starts to come out and people realize that the mainstream media had lied to them. Yeah. Already Jake Tapper basically said, when they said everything that Trump said about Russian collusion or mm-hmm. whatever was uh, a lie, now they're basically coming out and saying, Jake Tapper, for one, said Trump was right. Yeah. And... This did happen. I mean, this was, this was, you know, like basically, we got to get this right. Well, yeah. I, I am of the firm belief that the people at CNN and MSNBC are not stupid. Yeah, I think that they are wickedly decept- deceiving. Yeah, and they're sowing the seeds of disinformation. Yeah. All right, the magical Biden family grift and the Pulitzer Prize seeking press soldiers who enable. And deflect deflect it. GOP Oversight Committee has its spotlight on Joe Biden, scrutinizing whether the big guy. You want to read this one? Uh, you can Since read it. Since you're such a great reader. Where, where are you? You can read it. You're All reading right. it better. All right, because you don't have it up. Okay. No, I was reading something else that you had up. That's uh, yeah. All right. No, because you know I, you always you want that you you uh, like to to uh, participate and I I've got it right here that you want me to read the magical Biden get family group yes. okay I got it right here well the, we'll see we want we're tr- we want to give you more airtime you want to give me to more airtime because <laughs> that's what it is we've talked about it <laughs> all right all right all right I've got it right here this is yeah. the one with the interesting graphic okay the magical Biden family grift and the Pulitzer Prize seeking press soldiers who enable and deflect it. GOP Oversight Committee has its spotlight on Joe Biden, scrutinizing whether the big guy monetized the power, or they put in parentheses, influence, and position of his Obama vice presidency. I have an interesting uh, graphic here. To date, Grassley, Comer have unraveled a chain of tarnished links showing that Joe, like a slick mob boss, managed to seize the illusion of plausible deniability. And he's still at it today. How do we know? Joe's 5,400 emails to Hunter. 5,400, wow. And that's, and the unholy... Hunter and alias. uh, Yeah. And the unholy network pundits chorus of no evidence ah that's the best feature of the biden grift making the oversight investigation all about the drug adled hunter and not joe that's a bald-faced lie it's all about joe he's just harder to root out of the long-buried foreign pirate cachet relentless monk mocking of the oversight committee by the left is intended to downplay the potentially treasonous actions by robert l parker and all joe's 
other aliases. If we are to believe Comer, Grassley, Biden's gift, I'm sorry, Biden's grift churned on by funneling millions of dollars to nine different family members to circumvent government detection rather than have foreign funds flow to Joe's personal bank accounts. In the end, the magical grift tallies a ton of money over $20 million, and it sowed massive influence, and not just to China, but to Ukraine, too. One has to wonder if Joe's for-long-as-it-takes attitude on ceaseless foreign aid to Ukraine has its roots in an old debt. So people should check out your Twitter and see this great graphic that you have here, which details the $20 million web. So you can read those countries. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, no, China, the, and the big green number. All right, China, Ukraine, Russia. Well, how much did China give? 8.1 million, Ukraine 6.5 million, Russia 3.5 million, Romania 3.1 million, and Kazakhstan 142,300. See, the thing about it is, the one that sticks out in my mind, obviously they all are terrible, but the Russian one. Yeah. The uh, uh, Berina, uh, what's her name? It's right here. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, Barbarina or something like that. Barbarina. Uh, it's Valli. It's Val. It's Valina or Yelena Barbarina. Okay. It's hard to see the graphics. Well, a little. Uh, she is the widow of the former mayor of Moscow. She's a billionaire, and she gave three and a half million dollars to uh, the Biden uh, Hunter Biden for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Not for nothing, for access. That's what it's about. But this is the kind of game that's played in Washington. For example, they use someone like Jeffrey Epstein to get you in a trap. I mean, they did this in Godfather too with the senator that came out and said, and we're going to make you pay the uh, certificate fine. And and uh, and uh, Michael Corleone responds to the, uh, the corrupt senator and says, you can have my offer now if you want. You get yeah, nothing, yeah. and I would appreciate you pay the $20,000 yeah, exactly. ga- ga- gaming license. So um, he walked out like, you don't know who you're dealing with. And next thing you know, now he didn't end up with the horse in his head. That was Godfather 1. Right, the that horse was in Waltz. his head, yes. That was the same concept, same principle. But this was one where he ended up in a brothel with a dead hooker, and that was Godfather 2. Well, they get you in a compromised situation, or they coerce in one way or the other. Right. One of your children did some drugs, they're going to jail. One, you know, whatever it is, yeah, they'll get you up on tax evasion, they'll ruin your life. So they basically say, we're either going to, we're going to give you two choices. We're going to give you three and a half million dollars like they did from Moscow, so that we can go into Crimea, or so that we can go into Ukraine, and you're not going to say anything, Right. Are you with me? I'm with you. Yeah. And there, there's that. Or, you know, basically we're going to ruin your life and we have dirt on you because you thought we weren't friends with Pornchenko. We are. So, you know, you think we don't have people embedded in Ukraine with all the dirty documents that make you a corrupt person? We can impeach you tomorrow. And that's what they tried to do with Zelensky and that perfectly good call and Trump. They used another foreign leader, and shame on Zelensky for never stepping up and saying that was not the case. Yeah. He never defended went to Trump's defense. Yeah. He wanted to overthrow the United States for more friendlier dollars, uh, and Biden was all prepared to give it to him. And Biden, Biden will give as much to Ukraine as it takes. But you take that $3.5 and, and I say to you, 
I'm going to ruin your life and your family's life unless you cooperate. Yeah. And you say, well, no, I'm not going to be threatened by you. Right. And they say, okay, well, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to give you $3.5 million and let you uh, maintain power. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's st- option one. Mm-hmm. Option two, option two is... Uh, that we are we are going to uh, ruin your life and you'll be in jail within a year. Yeah. Which one do you choose? Pro- so, probably option two. Option two, go in jail and have uh, no, your life the, ruined. But, but no, no. The option first, one. Option was one. Three and a half million. Oh, three and a half million. Oh, I'm sorry, I got confused. I thought yeah, I, I thought the first one was we're going to ruin your life. Well, no. Okay. Huh. Well, in any case, you get the idea. <laughs> I get the idea. So, so you're you gonna pay choose, out. You're going to choose the three and a half million, and you're going to go about your merry way. Well, of course. And next thing you know, when they uh, Russia does something, who cares? Yeah. Right. Who cares? Because they know you're a puppet, and that's what Biden is right now. And that's why he's selling out America. Speaking of Biden, uh, they just announced uh, the the unemployment rate. The unemployment rate has edged up to 3.8%. And while that is somewhat low, the unemployment uh, rate uh, or the labor participation rate, excuse me, is at 62.8%. It's the highest since February 2020, just before the the pandemic declaration. So you've been, you know, raising the issues uh, about how they're trying to bring back uh, the restrictions and the lockdowns, but some of the underlying metrics are starting to look the same as what they were three years ago. So I think we ought to be. So what's know. the point there? My point in saying this is that if un- is I don't know if there's a correlation. I mean, unemployment and labor participation are aligning with what they were at well, that time. Well, I, I've and, been doing a lot of studying of the yeah. housing market. Yeah. And of course, the 7.8% prime rate is insane. So, oh, it's insane. People aren't buying houses and people aren't selling their houses because they're locked into a 3% um, fixed rate for 30 years. And so they're not going to leave because they know if they leave, they're going to have to pay that high interest. Yeah. So they're not selling. So the market, uh, housing market right now is flat, but eventually it's going to uh, become a buyer's market. Yeah. Uh, it's just taking longer than anyone expected because of all the overstimulation of the economy in the wake and during COVID. Um, but with regard to labor, it was always understood that we were going to go into recession, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, I don't believe the labor participation rate was... I, I know this. I know that the labor participation rate was stronger under Trump than it's ever been under Biden. Um, in part, uh, because we have an elderly uh, population, a lot of people are retiring off of right. unemployment well, and getting we're, retirement. We're, we're hitting that point and, with and the baby I, boomers. I would imagine, too, if you look at another statistic, you might find more and more people uh, opting for early retirement, 62. Um, you know, I, I don't advise that, but um, I think that people aren't able to get into a high-tech industry. Everything is being replaced by artificial intelligence. So I think that the overall number of workers, unique work, unique Social Security numbers holding a job, because, see, one Social Security number could have three jobs. You know, I mean, we have a lady at the gym that also is a barista at the Starbucks. And, and she's in the <laughs> she's in the retirement age, so she's probably doing this just to have something to do. Yeah. She's probably retired from but, her re- but principal there's a, job. there's a lot of people with multiple jobs. They work at Lyft, 
uh, or Uber, yeah. and then they do another job, and then they're a musician or something like that. Well, we've so, talked about that before. You know, the U6 and the U2, and you know, there's plenty yeah. of people that are underemployed. U3. U3. Uh, that, that are, well, the U6. The, yeah. the, a lot of people U3 that are, yeah, the other people are, who are underemployed. So one of the elections, elections have its consequences. Listen to this teacher introducing to her kids on day one. On day one, this, this, I don't know what it is, okay? It's an it, it's a they. I think the person wants to be called they. Tell me that's not confusing for a child, okay? There, that's obviously an elementary classroom. I don't know what grade, but the, the, the dude, it looks like it must be a dude, um, wearing a green cap. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Wearing shorts, showing tattoos all over its legs and dreadlocks. You know, radical left-wing libtard. And Introducing on, pronouns to my students on day one. Right. Here we go. Cool. My name is Teacher Roby. I am non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. For Sounds example, like a female. they are a great art teacher. They taught us how to draw stitch. Many of you already know that about me. Pronouns are super important for myself, for you. Super it's important, important that we get it right every single time. If you ever make a mistake, I'll just politely correct you. And you should also be making sure that you use those correct pronouns. Um, if you have questions about that, we can talk about it offline, all right? Cool. That is so disgusting. You know, and I don't even get this whole day thing because I can tell you we do have a third pronoun. You know what the third pronoun or, or, or we have a third word to use if you don't want to say he or she? You can say one, O-N-E. What? How? You say oh, one, one does this. One does this, this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and the, th- the thing is, this has gotten ludicrous. The they thing is really confusing because the they is a plural. So every time you say the they thing, you know, I, I think it's confusing to children. And I think it's confusing to people in general. And they're showing this a lot in television shows. Like I was just watching... Um, uh, the the reboot of Sex and the City, and there was a scene where the uh, Che the Che character, who's non-binary, uh, had a, you know was complaining to her employer because the employer kept referring to her as she, and she said no, it's they. So this is now the dialogue that we're having. People get personally offended if you call them she or he when they prefer to be called they. It, it this is ludicrous. This is not well, serving again, any purpose. Again, I, I believe it is part of diversity. It's part of creating a. Okay, let me explain. Let <laughs> your, a, you're going you're to talk to us about non-binary. This is, this is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let me explain. Remember back when Bill Gates invented Windows, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Microsoft, well, I don't remember Windows. it specifically. Okay. I wasn't paying attention that much, right, but I remember, remember the now. Norton antivirus and McAfee yeah. and antivirus. Well. You know, a lot of people argue it was Bill Gates that started the viruses. And then yeah. he had the immunity, right? He right. had the anti he sold the antivirus package. Yeah. In order to stamp out the viruses. Right. You mean you don't have an antivirus program? That's essential. You have to buy that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They could easily have included that in the operating system for free. But no, they didn't. You had to buy it, right? All these different licenses right. and stuff. It became a cottage industry. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing here. They're creating a need for diversity, equity, and inclusion, regulatory taxation. Mm -hmm. And so while they are pushing these agendas, Mm -hmm. and also it's a dog whistle. It's, it's, It's akin to if I wear a mask today, 
in my car mm-hmm. or while I'm swimming. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, guess what? Look, everybody, I'm a libtard. Yeah. I am so liberal that I'm, I add tard to it. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous, right? So look, look at me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a socialist Marxist. Okay, so when you live in an environment, like they're not doing that in Wyoming. They're doing that in the beltway of Washington that voted for Hillary Clinton, like 97%. Right. But the point is, is that this whole woke agenda is basically like an like a virus. It's it's the way you stamp it out is to to embrace it. They're basically trying to get you to say that that uh, they're trying to get you away, draw you away from your god. Number yeah, one, yeah. They're trying to disrupt your family uh, nucleus, nuclear fam- the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. They're trying to destroy that. They're trying to de- destroy community. They're trying to also destroy. Reproduction because they think that the population's too high, but they're using DEI, and this is coming down from Larry Fink from BlackRock, and endorsed by World Economic Forum uh, and Klaus Schwab, and they're pushing this woke agenda through all the corporations, because nowhere, no way, can Congress pass a bill that requires you to oblige any of that. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it in the free market. Yeah. Where they're not bound by the same constitutional principles as our government. So this was breaking yesterday. Colin Rugg, who is a news guy, says Vice President Joe Biden's office and Hunter Biden's firm exchanged over 1,000 emails during Biden's time in office. I'm sure they were just talking about the weather and grandkids. According to one email sent directly to VP Joe Biden's office, a staffer a staffer requested that they do a big favor for Hunter and allow him to bring business associates associates to the White House. The current White House is still withholding 200 of these emails due to confidential advice between the president and his advisors. Nothing to see here. Well, you know, Obama was in on all of this. So we're going to go through a whole bunch of news stories that we wanted to cover today. One is there's this mysterious thing about blue and the laser fires out in Lahaina. Mm -hmm. And there are cars along the street. All the blue cars survived. Every other car didn't. Wow. I don't know. It used to look like. Not very different now. And then the sole surviving car on Front Street in front of the outlet mall. And I actually found another sole survivor car the other direction that's a little bit further south on Front Street, which I didn't notice at the time. But here it is right here. You can see it on the left in this frame here. Anyway, I'm going to just roll some of this footage. Most of this is unreleased. It doesn't really work that well with TikTok because this is all shot in 16.9. But uh, I've got hundreds of gigabytes, uh, many, many hours of footage both on the ground and in the air. So all of that footage, again, has been uploaded to a friend in an undisclosed location they then copied all of that data onto a 256 AES encrypted hard drive and then physically took it to somebody else. Uh, so if some last two weeks has been... The- all right, so basically it's a seven-minute audio clip, but uh, blue cars, everything blue survived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why Oprah and uh, Lady Gaga... Mm-hmm. Put roof, blue rooftops yeah. on their roofs. Yeah. 
of their homes. And that to me is a mystery. Then you have the chemtrails. And then you have this, this woman crying because somebody destroyed her garden. The land. It <clears throat> means everything I've planted, planted won't grow. And I can't replant on it because it won't grow. Right here. Someone's jumped over in the night and put salt all over the land. Why would they do that? I don't know. Why would someone put salt over all over her land? And uh, here, wake up, America, you are under attack. How long before this happens to everyone? The government is telling everyone to register their gardens. Register their gardens. Huh? And anywhere they grow crops. This man feeds over 100 families each week, and his entire crop and land has been destroyed by a chemical attack. This is out of Dallas, Texas. Let's take a listen. Says most of this farm looks like it's been under a chemical attack. Devastated right now because everything that I've worked for for the last several months, you know, 16 to 20 hour days, everything, I've given up everything, all my freedoms for this farm should be upright like this. And you're seeing the top, these leaves, but they've all just laid over. All of his sacrifices vanished overnight after Riziki says someone sprayed something over his crops. Messing with me is one thing. Messing with my customers who happen to be my friends. I, uh, I take it very personally and it's more than wrong. It's, it's um, disgraceful. His farm feeds more than 100 families every week. But now just about every crop on his property is curled up and dying, if not already dead. I feel like I could have lost the trust in all my customers for the future. So you see, this, it, this is not a coincidence, folks. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. All right. This was something, this is a bombshell that's going around. This is Tucker Carlson. He was interviewing, um, uh, he was interviewing somebody about this. Uh, uh, he was on the Adam Carolla show. That's what he was. And he says, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex in the White House with men and smoking crack. And a guy came forward, Larry Sinclair, which this is not new news. Right. Larry Sinclair came out about this <laughs> maybe 10 years ago. Right, right. But let's take a listen. Tucker's talking about this today. You know, everybody I knew, the world I lived in, in Northwest D.C., like everyone works either directly for the government or is... A- a parasite on government effectively, including people I love and know really well. And the media is too, by the way. I mean, the media is reporting on government, but it's also dependent on government. You know, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex with men and smoking crack. And a guy came forward, Larry Sinclair, and said, I'll sign an affidavit. And he did. I'll take a lie detector. And he did. I smoked crack with Barack Obama and had sex with him. Well, that was obviously true. Nobody reported it. Not because they were squeamish about sex or drugs, but because the Obama campaign said anyone who reports on this gets no access to the Obama campaign. And so they didn't report on it. So that happens. That's just one small example. But that happens all the time with lots of different issues. Now, and do you, do you believe that transpired or do you believe the guy is legitimate or both? Oh, the Larry Sinclair story? Oh, that definitely happened. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've talked to Larry Sinclair about it. And, oh, definitely it happened. I mean, if you... Larry Sinclair's been in and out of prison during one period. I mean, you know, 40 years ago, he was in and out of prison. He's got a criminal record by definition. He's, you know, poor. Uh, He's got a disordered life. He's missing a tooth. Like, he's not 
you know, an Atlantic fellow. Um, he's not going to the Aspen Ideas Festival. I think he has a record of deception. Obviously, he does. But this story, if you listen to it in detail, is clearly true. I mean, there's just I mean, I'm going to do an interview with him. and You can hear it. And again, it's not going to change the world that Barack Obama likes dudes. I think this was well known. Barack Obama said so himself in a letter to his girlfriend. And by the way, that's kind of Barack Obama's business. I'm not attacking him for for liking dudes. I'm just saying the amount of lying in the media about it was unbelievable. Like people knew this was true. And it was quite obviously true at the time. And people who covered the campaign didn't say anything about it because they didn't want to lose access to the campaign. Right. There's that. And then there's one other clip I wanted to play from Tucker. We actually have have a lot of other stuff we could include in this show. but Because the world is resetting completely. The post-war order is collapsing. Stuff we talk about every day. NATO is going to collapse, obviously. You can't have the main... The driver of NATO, which is the United States, sabotaged Germany's main source of cheap energy. That's what I said, though. I've always said globalism, NATO, they don't work Mm -hmm. without U.S. involvement. Energy and Nord Stream, the Biden administration blew up Nord Stream. And the Germans are so self-hating, they won't say anything about it. They sort of put their head down like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. But I do want to talk about it because it's important. First of all, it was the biggest act of industrial sabotage in history. Second, it was the largest man-made CO2 emission in history, which if you're a global warming cultist is like the devil himself come to earth, and the Biden administration did that. But third and most important, it was an attack on Germany, which is the most powerful country in Europe. Western Europe is America's last main ally, and we just attacked our most important ally. NATO cannot stand long-term. At some point, the Germans are going to wake up and be like, wait a second, we had chemical plants two years ago, now we don't. You just wrecked our economy. I just, I don't think it can continue after that. I really don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I have this one clip uh, of, of Trump. I don't think we have the time. Basically, Trump said this. <clears throat> to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our, our freedom... Hear these words. We will not comply. And I think that the theme of this show is do not comply. Really, the emerging emergency is that the government is now coming out for the fall and trying to strap masks on us again and things like that. And what I'm asking everybody to do is stay strong and stay in solidarity with each other. Stay united against this full frontal assault on our freedoms and civil liberties. That's what I'm trying to say. Never surrender. Never surrender. And uh, be sure to check out org. Make a donation if you can to keep this show, the Scott Adams Show, commercial-free. Also use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravota. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, buddy. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.